Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Gentlemen. You all right? Very well, you? Good. We've been very complimentary about his dress sense lately, haven't we? But today... He's come back down oh. to earth with a bump, hasn't he? Just have a stand-up there, Chris. Yeah, Seaman on the shorts. Yeah. Is that one of them that ch- T-shirts that changes colour with yeah, sweat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My tie. Tie-dye, yeah. yeah. Just, just What year did they go at? <laughs> <laughs> Must have been nearly 2000s, money. And your pair of pricks. You take your shoes off in Millsy's house. <laughs> You don't take it's them off in mine, eh? Lovely day, isn't it? You know. Yeah, glorious. I've not got the summer box out yet. Well, the summer box of clothes? I'm in painting, I'm in painting <laughs> shorts. Chez Brown for the intro. Yes, we're here. We should do a like a, a through the keel in time. Cribs. And then walk round. And then cribs. We'll have to give him six weeks. It's everything you'd expect. We'll have to give him six weeks to tidy up. I love Shaka. It is a shit Who lives in a house like this? Twelve kids. Bit looks of it. The love shack. Everything's crushed velvet, isn't it? Why? There's a box of petals, isn't it? Under, under sink for... King Joffy Joffair. Yeah. Just throws them out for the ladies. <laughs> Goes for ro- ro- more romantic candles than Catholic like Church. It when he quiets yeah. down. You know a pipe open, then you just come for us. I'm like, he's got nothing to come back with. <laughs> Jeff, you were good, weren't he? Uh, I'm, I've not, I'll be honest with you, I've not watched one for a long time, but I watched all of Jeff yesterday. Yeah. In one sitting. And... I were a little bit harsh on him, I think. I went top five. I think it's in top three. Really? Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. I haven't no, watched really one. I watched, I watched it from start to finish last night. Yeah. Brilliant, man. Funny guy. We are actually probably meaning to be that funny, you think? Yeah. The thing is, it, it was as if it was scripted, because some of the things I'd ask, we'd, we'd asked him, and then he'd just go off on one yeah. about the having a, a mistress and all that. <laughs> and obviously <laughs> we're not... Uh, We've never been scripted, have we? No. We're not organised enough to no. be scripted. But he just... We don't condone infidelity. It was a good analogy. Yeah, it was. I think, obviously, he does, a, he does a, the dinner circuit as well, yeah, which helps, so doesn't he, it? I think he... Uh, he like the fusing, off he goes. Pretty much, aye. Yeah. Pretty much. i seen, because you said it was in your top five, and Dave, Dave Wheat was straight on. Who, who's it, who else is in your top five? <laughs> Fuck off, Wheat. It's, it's not all about you, Dave. You know, right, you, you came on and it was a very, very good episode. Just fucking take that as you know. You know what I mean? Come on, Weeter. <laughs> Jesus. Are we keeping you from something? I was I telling Brown before, I was were, I were doing a bit of a search and uh, I found you on a website. You found me on a website? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I've not got a fucking apple in my mouth, have I? Allfamousbirthdays.com. Yeah. It's a bit of a shitty website, but let me have it. It, Wait a minute, wait a minute. It gives a breakdown. Date of birth, uh, 30th December 81, you're 40, from Barnsley, that's all good. Horoscope Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then, as we go further down, it, it gives a breakdown of your um, of your earnings. Current earnings. <laughs> Current. And I was shocked because it's it, lucky if you get a pork scratching area. But according to this, John Parkin is one of the richest football players <laughs> and listed as the most popular football players. According to our analysis, Wikipedia, Forbes and Business Insider, John Parkin has a net worth of approximately 1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> you think I've been working with your fucking numpties? <laughs> As you were reading that out, I was just picturing him on the front cover of Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> Forbes magazine. 1.5 million, is it? But net worth 1.5. Uh, Salary com- currently unknown. I'll have to check. <coughs> I'll have to have a check. I'll have to check the, the accountant. He might have been old man in me. <laughs> Weight, 85 kilograms is accurate. I reckon it's... Body measurements under review. <laughs> 85 kilograms. I reckon that's a good 30 kilograms out. To get onto it. What? Allfamousbirthdays.com. What? Uh, I'll get my scales down. We'll get that updated. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we might need to go to a, a, a fucking scrapyard if we want to get me weighed in. <laughs> what, what a website. I'll have to check with you. What were you looking on that for? Because uh, I was listening to something else and they were, they, they were talking about that website and I thought, oh, wonder if uh, any, any uh, you chaps are on it. And sure enough. It's like that Spanish YouTube thing. It was 20 minutes of a few lads talking in Spanish about you. We had not have a clue what they said. Yeah. Remember? Well, they were yeah. probably going about how much money you've got. I was actually <laughs> the richest man in the world. <laughs> I was actually in Spain when I was listening to that, if you remember. Uh, uh, yeah, because t- you were texting us saying, anybody got any idea what, he, what he's saying? <laughs> You're in Spain, John. That's a fucking waiter. <laughs> Good point, well, man. <laughs> so does that mean the ex-wife's worth one and a half million quid and all, then? The fucking horrible cow. <laughs> I've just sold her an house cheap and all the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hellfire. She's old man me more than once. So, yeah, so this is the last podcast I'm doing. I'm speaking to me accountant. Are you retiring? Yeah, thanks for the memory, folks. Who have you got this week? Enter Clue. We've got Keith Tracy. Super Keith. Oh, had you heard anything from Because obviously we've heard a no. lot of stories about Keith and, you know, he's drinking and mm-hmm. everything. And do, you, do you have no idea what to expect when he come in? No. The only contact we've had is on YouTube quiz night right yeah <laughs> i think he commented and it was one of them we're like that's not keith because we get them all the time don't we like yeah michael barrymore or some comments <laughs> can i say that or <laughs> oh, you can't if he's on that list with me <laughs> <laughs> it's never been him but they were saying that keith's up for coming on and stuff yeah so then he finally got in touch and because we were meant to have sean thornton on over that while we we're over there weren't yeah. we but that fell through last minute but yeah, he looked sharp when he come in, didn't he? Mm-hmm. A bit. We, we yeah, were expecting our, 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 our expecting. Do you know uh, what's the film where he's got the football on beach? Peter K. The Peter K. What? Karate no, Kid. The film where he's got a football on beach. He's on his own. Castaway. Oh, Castaway. <laughs> I were expecting coming in like yeah. Castaway. <laughs> Wilson. Yeah, is that what it's called? Wilson football. Under his arm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're good to see him looking looking so well, and and he's very very honest. Mm. Extremely honest. Very very honest mm. about what. Um, mm. His troubles. Mm. And uh, uh, can we say that who whose son's been in touch? Saying he might be interested in coming on? Yeah. Coyle. Yeah. It was funny. Have you read the message? No. Because his son listens. I think his son's Owen as well. And he said, I've listened to a few and the rumours are true. Even now, when we're playing football in the back garden, he'll shout Coyle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I like to think that he does it in every setting of his life as well. Yeah. You know, like when he finished a bag of crisp and he balls them up and straight in bin. Goyle! Did you see that? Someone messaged saying they went balling the week after he got sacked from Blackburn. And every time he got a strike, he turned around and shout, Coyle. No way. I swear, I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> With his family. Speaking of managers, that fucker's got back in, hasn't he? <laughs> eh? Fucking Phil Brown. He looks as tanned as ever. It, it looks like fucking Compo. I've laughed at some of mine. Gee, he looks as though he's had a fucking rough trot, doesn't he? <laughs> Has it aged him? Did he have his interview with Priory or what? He looks rough as fucking hat. I know I don't look right sparkling, but he looks rough as hat. You know, from when he's singing up, pitching his suit and yeah. that. Where's he gone, Barra? Looks as though he's in mm. National Hunt flat fucking racing scene. I got a message I got a message from one of the players the other day saying, What's it what's what's your beef with Phil Brown? And I just said, Well, he he shit on me once and I, and he went, Life's too short to all grudges yeah. bigger. <laughs> It is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I feel like you're holding on to this one for too long. You need. We need a, an intervention between the pair of you. We need to sit them down Yeah. around four microphones. Yeah. Get the camera going. Cards on the table. Do you know what, right? Do you know, before he done that, I did really like him. Did really, I, did, I really liked him. You can't just let one blow. But unless, unless, unless it's the right setting and we're in the right club, I don't like being shit on. <laughs> Imagine if we set it up and me and you just like don't turn up. And it's just them two sat like that before a big fight. It'd be like head, was it head to head or something they have. It'd be like Putin and Macron at the end of that massive table. We'd just have Matty sat there like being like Eddie Hearn. <laughs> <laughs> the gloves are off, that's it, isn't it? Although we've got the big the big guy who used to be a boxer in between him and he just sat on a chair like that. Arms folded. arms folded. Johnny Nelson. That's the one. <laughs> but no, I did really like it. I just don't like people who shit on us. That's the thing, and I, and I and I I do hold a bit. Not a, I don't hold a grudge. I just don't like. I don't like because he shit on me. Because he did a podcast, didn't he? And he, a grudge. he probably spoke really well about you without actually caning you, didn't he? Do you That's class, that in it. That's like you know, like so. That is too little, too someone. late, Chris. Too little, too late. If you get him on, I'll do one with him. There you go. I've I'll said it. Him. If you get him on, I'll do one with him. We've timed it wrong. He's just got another job, hasn't he? I don't know, but... Be gone in three months. Really. Aye. <laughs> once <laughs> once Barry are back in conference, we're getting fucking potted again. <laughs> <laughs> what about the flipping response from the Everton game? I think we've lost a few Everton fans. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I know, man. Well, it quite it a bit. Bit. It's all tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? You know. <laughs> By I'm the way, did you see... Stick, like. like, did you see... The, we Obviously, we couldn't see at the game, but the guy's obviously chained his neck to the thing, post and whatever. And some guys run out of the crowd and gave the steward a flick knife <laughs> or a pen knife or something. As if he's doing him a favour. Here, here, big and borrow this. The way, the way that he got out, though, he was just like, I'll, I'll, I'll get him off. He was going over advertising boards. But the, but the steward just went, huh? cheers, pal. And took it. Make Dundee. Uh, no questions asked, was the that's oh, not sound. A, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> if anybody's never seen Crocodile Dundee, it's a great film, by the way. <laughs> I wonder if these like, these fans comment and have never seen a video we've done before. Mm. They must not. And just not yeah. messages on Facebook. Just watch it, Everton video. You gang of wankers. And I think he's blocked us. Has he? <laughs> I think he's blocked us. we follow him? I couldn't reply. I just tried to say cheers, mate, or something, and he, I don't think it delivered. Yeah. So uh, there's, there's a lot of irony there. there? A lot of so basically, we're, we're, you know, I don't need to take it too serious. Whichever set of fans we're in, we're, we're supporting that team. 
So it doesn't matter who we're playing against, who they're playing against. We're just supporting that team for the crack for the night, for two hours. Yeah. I thought, I thought that ball fans. wankers were both in Bolton. I know. Fucking charlatan. <laughs> just a bit of fun in it's day out. Yeah. So, but to be fair, a Sunderland, ex-Sunderland player going on a Newcastle team bus, uh, going on a supporters <laughs> bus, that is pretty fucking fickle, isn't it? <laughs> Who's Barnsley's biggest rivals? Uh... We've got just the, the Yorkshire clubs, really. Chef Wed. Chef Wed, Chef United, Rother- not, not so much Rotherham. You'd never uh, go to a Chef Wed game, would you? Eh? You'd never go to a Chef Wed game. I went to a Chef Wednesday game, yeah, <laughs> recently, <laughs> only because my little one's team, uh, one of the girls who, who plays, she plays for Chef Wednesday girls or something. They don't play in a girls' team, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a couple who play in. Uh, so they rate tickets, so I, I'd obviously got my little in that day, so I, I got dragged to the Sheffield Wednesday game. Enjoy it. it was good. Well, they, yeah. they beat uh, Cambridge six, so there were a lot of goals for kids to celebrate. Um, I didn't, I didn't say to stand up once. Might <laughs> Did you it. not? No, yeah, fuck. You're miserable bastard. Six goals and he's still there with his arms folded. <laughs> sat, sat there with my arms folded. <laughs> I did give uh, Barry Bannon a... A clap for his finish. Oh, that's nice. But that was just a, an appreciation of a football skill. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, it's, it's really not that serious, is it? <laughs> no, nah. No. 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 Should we get Keith in? Yes. We've waffled on for long enough. Mr. Keith Tracy, how are we doing? Yeah, very well. Long very, time very coming, well. this. Fantastic to see you, by the way, and even better to see you looking so well. Very yeah, well, true. I didn't always look so well, but, you know, good haircut, a trim of the beard will do that for you. You do look sharp. Yeah, done this morning. Gustavo. <laughs> 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 well, you were saying before when you first came that you feature a lot on here. Yeah, well, like for I good, say... For good reasons. Yeah. Is and a fair, fair bit of bad, as in unfortunate, but... Yeah, so we'll get down to it. Look, there's ups and downs, but I'm, I've got to a place now where I can look back and have a laugh on it and, you know, not dwell on it too much and as an opportunity pass and something I enjoyed. And hopefully there's people out there that will listen to this and learn from my mistakes. It's been well documented, obviously, your struggles with alcohol and, and other issues, but you're through it, you're feeling good? Yeah, well, look, yeah, it, it, it didn't happen overnight. You know, my wife was a big part of that with the sex addiction, the gambling the drinking as well was obviously a, a big, big part of it. And I, I hit rock bottom a couple of times before I actually decided that I, I would get help. But my wife was always there and eventually pushed me through it. And I think it was four years of therapy where, you know, I, I laid everything on the line. And the, when my wife didn't think I was a monster for revealing the stuff that I, I had done in my past, it sort of made me be a little bit, a little bit, a little bit easier on myself and realised I was a kid and I was going through a lot. And, you know, some of the things I did to women in the past are poor and, I, I can only apologise for them, but I've grown up as a man. I moved on, and I, I have my own girls now, and I, I respect women in, in a in a totally different way now. Fair play, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of stories about on this podcast about your drinking and probably shagging and that, and yeah. we're not trying to make light to them at all. No, they're not. Look, look, like I said, it, it's not good, and I, I have little girls of my own now. And when I think of things I've done in the past to women, and if it's ever happened to my little girls, it really it would infuriate me. So I can only I can only apologise and and try and try and be better for it. And 
you know, I I done these things to my wife as well. So it's you know, there's a lot of growing up to be done, and I I live and I learn and I apologize and move you on through. You seem like you're in a good place, though, mate. Yeah, well, look, kids, like it's I I learn to appreciate the little things. You know, well, the drinking got me into a place where everything was a chore. I hated football. I hated getting up in the morning. All I want, I was only happy when I was drinking in a pub and. You know, now I bring the kids to the park, I drop them to school, I have a little routine that keeps me sane and the, the kids and the wife are a big part of it, so it's it's mostly down to them that I am as upbeat as I am and as happy as I am today. Yeah. You know, the uh, with the drink, was it the actual drink or do you just like to be in a crowd and out socialising or a bit of both? It was a bit of both. Like, to be honest, like... I, I couldn't just go and chat to a board. I needed to be pissed to chat to a board, and I mean, like, properly fucking pissed. So <laughs> I'd have 13 points and go up and chat to a board, and I'd wake up in bed next to them and wouldn't really, wouldn't have no idea how I got there or what I said to to grease the wheels. And it happened on, on such a regular basis, and it just it just became the norm where I was pissed 24-7 and, and waking up in strange beds and uh, still somehow having a fucking football career in the middle of it. Yeah. It's important for us to talk about them struggles that you've been through and how you've got to the other side because I think it'll resonate with a lot of people. But Yeah, definitely. But I think we need to talk about that photograph, <laughs> don't we? We need to talk about that Which photo. We'd, somebody asked us to put it out, didn't we? We can't put it out, but I Apparently you were on the back page of uh, yeah. the national news, wasn't it? Yeah, made the, the back page of the, the paper. And I was, at, I was in a training camp for Ireland at the time and I came down and... I, I got on the bus to go training and there's a couple of lads. I remember, I think Liam Lawrence was at the back of the bus and I just remember him poking his head over and fucking sniggering at me. I was like, what the fuck is he laughing at? And then I seen it. Uh, Irish Irish Stars Twitter gets hacked, very hacked. And that, that was it. It's, yeah, had my arsehole out on the, all over the place. <laughs> they, they couldn't show the... The full no, there was a little football uh, cover. <laughs> <laughs> a little football, a little tiny football. Yeah. They put a, a ball over the a little ball over my my brown star. Yeah, they off the shellish badge. But yeah, look, it's, uh, the the reason I took that picture was we we were actually you would have been there. I don't know, I can't remember who who we were playing, but it was we had a Blackberry messengers and. I had everybody's pin on the team. So, you know, 10 o'clock lads are away with, with all these married lads are away with laptops. They're going to go and have a wank, aren't you? You a couple of times a night. <laughs> so this is when you first get to... Oh, no, no, no. You no. fucking fetch me into it. Fucking, you'll come into it later. <laughs> no, like, you knew 10 o'clock at night, we go and have dinner, do our thing, yeah. and then have our team meetings, go to bed at night. And I knew about 10 o'clock, half 10, people would be settling down, get the laptop out. So I'll whack a picture of my arsehole in and just fucking ruin everybody's wank. <laughs> Funny enough, it meant me and my second. <laughs> yeah, well, I got, I got into the fucking wrong hands and made it to the paper. But, uh, yeah, you live and learn, you know, you don't do them things anymore. <laughs> did the, did but, managers get hold of it? Did... Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Eddie Hale rang me. I was, he was the Burnley manager at the time. And I was lying in the bath and my phone rings. And I said, oh, for fuck's sake. And he said, oh, take the picture down, take the picture down. I was like, do you really think I have access to that? I haven't done that yet. <laughs> So I think uh, somebody from the club got onto it and it got taken down eventually. But I think like two and a half thousand followers and we're in fucking five minutes of that thing being up, I think at six thousand. It's fucking ridiculous. All you aspiring yeah, influencers yeah. out there, you know what you need to do to get, to get yourself a few extra thousand. Get a picture of your fucking arsehole up there. <laughs> it is a belt. I've, I've still got it as my screensaver on my phone. Fucking hell. I showed it to missus this morning. This is what we're so, going to interview today. It's just, like, oh dear me. For anyone who's not seen it, it's full... Fully well, it's naked. laid on your back. Yeah, laid on my back, legs over my head, arsehole, ball sack hanging out. Uh, 
Oh, no, you can see me piece, can you? Can you? No, I don't think you can. I don't think there's not shaft in there. No, it's just ball bag. Didn't need, didn't need ball a football. Didn't need a, didn't need a linesman's flag for, <laughs> yeah. your, for your shaft. Just bomb hole. It's, it's, yeah. it's quite well, impressive, yeah. actually, though. It's, it's shaved. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you bleach? You bleach? No, 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 no bleach. For, uh, bleach. Put in practice. You know, just get Keith on his back and just in the hotel room. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I used to do it every, pretty much every day, that, in the physio room. So I'd lie on the physio bed, take my clothes off, all both my big toes, and I'd just like, Jacko, any chance you can stretch my hamstrings off? And then the physio would turn around and be like, you fucking done it again, dirty <laughs> bastard. So, I mean, do you know exactly who that picture went to? Could you see everybody that... Yeah, well, just the Preston boys. Who's probably... the worst one? Like, the manager's got it, like you said, Eddie Howe got it. Oh, yeah, well, I think he just seen it. So, somebody in the club would have contacted him and said, look, I just fucking ah, lunatic's right, put on Twitter. So yeah, so he got contact with me, but it was obviously wasn't me. I'm not that fucking self-destructive. So, uh, <laughs> so who's, who's the Irish manager at the time then? Trapatoni. So he, he must have got wind as well. Yeah, he got he got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was he was as I come down. <laughs> as I come down, you come down in the lift and you sort of you go left or right, but. Uh, Trapatoni would be sitting there waiting for us all to be on the bus and then he'd come on he'd having his coffee and he, he'd sitting there with the fucking paper and there's me and like, fucking hell but he collared me and he just said you must uh, you must do better <laughs> <laughs> you, must, you must do better <laughs> is that what about the about the state of it now I think just the picture in general <laughs> maybe he needed to stretch my handstrings off my I don't know <laughs> To be fair, though, that's that's not bad from Chapatoni. No, you must do better. Yeah, it just I shows you, though, like, something as innocent as that, trying to disturb yeah. a few lads' wanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, en or enhance them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure. all over yeah. the papers. And it's crazy. Oh, well, here's where you live and learn. You live and learn. Going <laughs> right back to the start, you were 14, 15 before you came over to England. Yeah, 15 when I went to Blackburn, but I'd... I'd been on trial at Celtic. I'd been on trial to 16 different English clubs and I'd narrowed it down to Blackburn or Celtic. And I actually went up to Celtic to sign, had a, the contract in front of me, but like, I, was, I was quite shy at 13. So they were offering me 300 quid a week to go and play at 13 because there's no YTS in Scotland. It's just you're a professional straight away. So I was going to do that, but they, I wanted to be in a digs with Darden O'D, a couple of the Irish lads, and they had a fucking snooker table and... One of the one of the daughters was good looking, so I was like, oh, "That's the fucking place for me." <laughs> but as I went to sign, he said, "Oh no, you won't be in there for another six months." So I looked. My ma was in the room. I said, "Listen, I'm not really happy," and we pulled the plug, and I signed to a Blackburn instead. And it was literally that close to going to Celtic. So what did you sign at Blackburn then? Because that would have not even been schoolboy. Were, uh, were you getting paid then? No, I, I didn't get paid till I went till I went over at fifteen. I was on a hundred and hundred and twenty quid a week, but I think the cap was ninety. But they said, oh, we'll give you 120. I don't know how, but they did. And I think within a fucking, within a year and a half, two years, I'd signed another deal. And then two years after that, I, I signed another deal. It was just fucking crazy. Just like it just that really caught trying, fire. So like we're going to pay 300 quid a week when you were 13. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, imagine, you know, all, the, all these other clubs you've been to, they all wanted you. Uh, no, I, well, I went to United. I went, uh, I went to United and they actually asked me to go back on trial, but... It, you know when you go to a place and like nah this just this, this isn't for me so it was all you know you should be privileged to be here you, you, this is Manchester United whereas Blackburn were like oh, we're delighted to have you we'll look after you as a you blah 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 just got a better feel from Blackburn but yeah I went all over I went all over Birmingham sent the sent the contract through by fax 
and I didn't even go on fucking trial. So it was just fucking crazy times. And at 13, being offered the, the, the deal by Celtic, and then, like, imagine being in school, like, four seconds here, trying to tell me to listen to the maths teacher. <laughs> it was just a way of the fairies from a young age, like... Was you just like, I'm going to be, I, I know, I'm good enough. I'm yeah, going to be a footballer. That, that was it. There was, like, there was, in, in fairness, there was fucking scouts knocking on my man ass door saying, oh, he's going to be the next Damien Duff. We'll do this. Start picking out houses in Bray. It's going to, like, the, and obviously the talent was there, but nobody realised, you know, the human side or the, the mental side of it might fuck it all up. But, yeah, so, yeah, away with the fairies from a very young age. When you, when you first arrived in Blackburn, what? Edgy, are you going straight into digs? Uh, I was 15. And they, they have like a, the, the academy in Blackburn is like a digs where there's uh, 16 rooms. So there'd be 32, 32 lads. And I went in with a fella called Frankie Fielding, you know, the goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Yeah, Frankie. Yeah, we've got fucking front time Frankie. <laughs> I, he was good. He, he settled me in because uh, there was a couple of Irish lads, but there was Eddie Nolan come over and Alan Judge come over. But Judge had come over six months later and Duffa was in the first team, Damien Duff. So there wasn't that many Irish people and Frankie, he made me feel welcome. You know, he was from Blackburn himself and when Christmas rolled around, I'd go to his. So he, he looked after me and settled me in well and I got to know the rest of the lads pretty quickly. But because what? I went over at 15, like when, uh, what's that, the, the the Milk Cup, is that the Youth Cup? In, yeah. in, uh, the under-18s had a game in the in the Youth Cup. So they just said, are oh, you going to train with the first team today? And fucking 15. And it was Sioness and Bleeding... Barry Ferguson, Brad Friedel, everybody was fucking crazy times. But 15, yeah, started doing a bit of training with the first thing. I can imagine you were asked. I can imagine you were like, all right, no problem. Yeah. It was just a, like, it was just a game of football to me. It wasn't, you know, I didn't, like, I didn't see these people at Blackburn necessarily every day on the telly. So it wasn't, you know, <clears throat> I didn't see them as big, huge superstars, although they were in their own right. But yeah, it was just a game of football. And I felt coming out from Dublin that if I'm going to fucking move, I might as well make it want me while and, um, show these people I can play football and for a while I had a, a real hunger and a real fire in my belly to do that but over time the drink and depression and everything just sort of came in and put, put the fire out Who gave you your chance? It was Paul Ince I had to wait I had to wait a long time for it in the Premiership I, I played a pre-season game at 15 under Mark Hughes and I didn't play in the Premier League until I was 19 uh, under Paul Ince I think uh, yeah Mark Hughes left I, don't, I think he got the Welsh job or something and uh, Allardyce came in he he liked me he sent me on loan but he, I never, he sent me on loan to Sheffield United he was he was a, just stats mad like everything was fucking stats and not for you no, no personal I, yeah because I like to get it and run across it like, and I thought he'd like me because I, I was a direct winger and get the ball in the box but I remember like, getting the ball and I played it into the bleeding Bellamy's feet or something and he was like whoa 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 I was like, what's up? And he's like, no, no, the percentage of him losing that in there is such and such. If you play it into the grass behind, if he kicks her out with a throw in, there's a 20% chance we'll put it into the box. And I was like, Just like a Yeah, it was completely <clears throat> crazy, but it was one of them things. It was what you were going to get as you moved through the ladders. Like, So it was just a, an education, really. But he was a nice enough man, Aladdin, so I got on with him. But yeah, I had to wait on Ince. Ince gave me, the, gave me 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 debut against Everton, the first game of the season. I fucking shit myself. So do you know when you say you made your debut at 19, have you started drinking here? Yeah, I would have been drinking. Not, It wouldn't have been an everyday. It would have probably been uh, probably once a week, you know, a weekend after after a game. It was under control, but it was it was there in the background. Yeah. But not not mentally. I remember your first game for Sheffield. Was it at Borough? 
You scored, you scored on your debut. No, it was a yeah. We played uh, Middlesbrough, my first game, but no, my first goal was against uh, Leicester. My first professional goal, at seventeen games in, and I remember bleeding buzzing. You know, we go to get the paper the next day, thinking what he what he said about me, and all I said was it was worth the wait. It's fucking seventeen <laughs> games. <laughs> it was worth the wait. I'm happy with that. It was worth the wait. Yeah, but I was thinking like, oh, what are you gonna give me? It was, just, it was worth the wait. I said, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then, as you were coming through and you're training with the with the first team, is the are any of the first team lads good with you? Well, who've you got there? Robbie Savage. Uh, uh, Robbie was there. Yeah. Tom Craig Bellamy. Bellers was there. Yeah, Bellers was nice. There's a couple of like. Stories about Bellers being a bit harsh on people, and yeah. he could be with the with the younger kids. But I think if he thought you were a good player, you were always going to be all right with him. And I think I was on that side of him. You where, were right. Yeah, because he'd give me a bollocking and he'd say to me like, "You're better than that." Rather than like I've seen him say to the kids, "You're fucking shit. You shouldn't be here." Fuck. Like, how are you here with the force team? Whereas he wouldn't say that to me. It'd be more like, "You're better than that." Come on, Keith. And but he could be fucking ruthless. But he was fine with me. Why was it? Only Insta give you your chance. And what was the problem with Allardyce? And I think that he just didn't trust me defensively. Like Allardyce said to me, he didn't. Well, <laughs> I, I went into Allardyce and he said to me, uh, the main reason, he, he asked me, he said, what do you think the main reason is you don't play? I said, I don't know. Remember Martin Gams Pedersen? Yeah. He, he was playing ahead of me. And I said, I don't know, maybe Martin's a better, better defender than me. He said, well, yes, yeah, slightly, but you know, that's not the reason. And it, it just went on for a while and eventually he told me it was because Martin could throw the ball into the box if we got a throw in anywhere in, in their half. And I was like, fucking hell, that's what gets you into a premiership team these days. So it just seems a cop out to me. Well, like, you still get you involved. Yeah, in that, but at 19, I'm not really yeah. going to fucking go again. But man, I just took it and was like, well, do you want to hide behind that fair enough? But he fucked us out to Sheffield United anyway on loan. So it was what it was. And I told him when, when he said, you're going, I, said, I, don't, I want to stay here and fight because I was the number two winger. At 19 in the Premier League, I was happy enough. And yeah. he said, no, you, you're, you're gone. <laughs> All right. Was it one of them as well? Because it's a small, you know, pit clubs always find out. Would he have heard that you might not have been living your life right? Do you think? Yeah, possibly. But like, I put it down to, uh, we, were in, we were in Austria in the pre-season. <clears throat> and he, he got a, a fucking therapist to come over with us. And he was like, lads, if anybody wants to unload on him, it'll never come back and blah, blah. And you know, all the players were fucking fucking give him a wide berth like leave him alone but then it got to the point where nobody was talking to him so Allardyce was like well one of the young lads better fucking talk to him so I get collared and <laughs> I say it to him like oh, he's fucking playing Martin because he can throw the ball into the box I think it's a load of bollocks like I, I think I'm better than him I can do this and I can back we come back from Austria and literally the next day Keith come on in you're going on loan to Sheffield tonight oh. and I there was no anything to believe like I remember Warnock Stephen Warnock was the left back and he was pulling me saying this is your year I think you're going to start left wing and then out of nowhere I was like you're off to Sheffield United I was like oh, alright then snake in the camp <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I think so but there's no way to prove it but it's that's the only thing in my head but may, maybe it was maybe he's like he was fucking out three days this week and fuck him but mm. you know he didn't ever say that to me he never verbalised that to me so I'm putting two and two together with the psychologist didn't he mm. stitch you up with your driving one time, Allardyce, when you'd let, when you kept the Preston? Did he say you're driving on know. the M61 or something and rang Fergie? Remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I had a provisional license. I was fucking driving around with the training and that and <laughs> fuck it. But this, uh, at 17, I, I got some, uh, I got a new contract 
and I bought an apartment, I bought a Range Rover. I had no fucking license or nothing. There's... Hold on, you bought a Range Rover, you no license? Well, I had an agent. The, whatever, I think I was jumped up to like uh, probably two grand a week and I got some bonus. And that's me, I just said, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to throw it in the bank? I said, get me a Range Rover. <laughs> and it fucking turned up the next day. It was a big silver fucking Range Rover. And you can't drive? Oh. No, I could drive. I just didn't have a, have a, had a provisional license. It was a fucking automatic. It was like a go-kart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was driving one day and that's Fergie put me. He was like, fucking just had Allardyce on the phone. You're flying down the, the M51 or whatever the fuck it was with your shades on. Fifty <laughs> <laughs> shades on. Because Dave McCallion got in touch, Kipman Dave. And was it, did, yeah. he, did Fergie keep the car or something? Or was he getting Dave to drive it around? Drive him around? Pro, uh, I don't know, Mark Hughes took her off me for a while uh, at Blackburn. He just, like, I walked in one day and he said, give me the fucking keys. And he, he's not somebody you'd go, fuck you. So I was, yeah, there you go, no problem. Uh, Get a taxi. Yeah, but I don't remember, uh, I don't remember much with Fergie. I, I used to come in a little smart car and everything. I used to get one of the, the ex-girlfriend's cars and drive in a little smart car, no? I used to, all sorts, I used to come So in. what are you doing with this Range Rover? Are you, are you driving it in... It's driving no, it. just driving it. Because yeah. the apartment I bought was like it's in Brockhall Village, and the training ground is in Brockhall Village. So it was like a two and a half minute walk from my apartment to the training ground. So it was like a fucking very expensive ornament I had. Like I had yeah. Facebook pictures of it and stuff, but I fucking didn't even drive the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> and when I did, I got in fucking trouble. So yeah, that's not great from your agent, like, is it? Or no, it was fucking hell. There's. He wasn't the best agent in the world, but I, I traded him in and then I got another agent and he wasn't the fucking best agent in the world either. So, yeah, he got me what I wanted. But I think that's, everybody said yes to me at the time. Like, there was no, you need to fucking calm yourself down. It was, everybody said yes. And here we are now. By the way, did you not come back in acrimonious circumstances from Sheffield? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it was fucking Blackwell. We were playing. I was out there having a lower back injury. I, was out for, I missed a couple of days in, uh, in the week in training. There was, I think we played 20 games. I played 17 or 18 of them. And uh, Blackwell comes to me and said, oh, Keith, it's a six-hour drive down to Plymouth. With your back, we're not going to risk you. So don't worry about it. And I was like, all right, yeah, no problem. I understand. He said, don't worry, you'll be back in during the week. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And then all of a sudden, Sam Ellis is right. Right, everybody was not travelling on the line. So he doesn't fucking mean me. I've played every game this season. He said, no, I do fucking mean you. I was like, I've got a lower back injury. That's why I'm not travelling with the fucking team. I was like, fucking get over here, you. I was like, no. <laughs> he just no. said, right, go and get your boots and fuck off home. And I did. I, it was one of them. I'm not even sure if he fucking meant it now. Like, it was just a throwaway comment, but I went and got my but boots and fucked off home, yeah. So, so, he's, so you'd not travel because you've got a lower back problem? Yeah, he said he didn't want And then want he's wanting to do doggies? Yeah. I know, like, people listening to that, I go, what a fucking drama queen. But the, t the reason for me not travelling is so he doesn't want me to haunt me back. So why the fuck would I start doing doggies if you're... I'm being rested, not dropped. Do you know what I mean? So it, it just... You, you know, sometimes you your case, head's just like, a fuck. But probably yeah. didn't handle it correctly, but you've got a case. Yeah. So and did you have to go back and speak to Blackburn and say, I'm coming back? No, I just went into Blackburn the next day. I fucking... Allardyce <laughs> walked in. <laughs> oh, where the fuck have you come from? Uh, I was one of them that if my phone's not ringing, don't fucking make problems for yourself. So I just left it. I went in the next morning and I remember Allardyce comes in. He's in a good mood. Says, morning, lads. What the fuck are you doing here? I said, did you not speak to Blackwell, no? He said, my office now. <laughs> I told him the story and 
Yeah, that was it. He said, it's fine, stay. It was in around Christmas time because it was a six-month loan deal. I, I was a 12-month deal, but it lasted about six months. I was into Christmas and I was, we had to drive to uh, Ewood because the, the training ground was frozen. So I jumped in. I was to get in a different car now. I got an Audi A5. <laughs> <laughs> still, still can't drive. No, still off. Still can't races. drive. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I drove to train and, and I fucking crashed my car, didn't I, on the way to train. And, <clears throat> uh, the police come, blah, blah, blah. I get a taxi to train and as I get to train and the police have already rang Blackburn to tell them I've been in a, an accident and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so I get there. I'm in the, in the change room. The fucking lads are out training. I get me shit on. The doctor comes in. He's like, Keith, you've been sacked. He, he doesn't want to talk to you. I was like, what have I done? He's like, don't fucking ask you. But we, the police have been on the phone. So I was like, oh, right. So I just can't be You've been sacked? Sacked, yeah. That's what he said. And I fucked off back to Dublin. But my agent rang and he said, listen, we've been through your contract with a fine comb. They can't sack you for it. But he said he doesn't want you back. So you can just stay there. They'll pay you. So what I stayed. What trying to sack you for? I don't know. I think he just, like, there was a couple of things in me drinking during the week and stuff, and I think he was just, like, and with the loan thing and then me crashing my car, I think he was, like, just so fuck this fella. Did you pass your test? Sorry, but when you crashed your car? No. No, I still, I, I only had a provisional licence, so he was, like, I think he was trying to go down the line of bringing the club into dispute and breaking the law. But so did you not get done from the police then? Yeah, I got uh, six points on me provisional licence and a, a three grand fine. Ban? No ban? No. But I got caught about three or four times, so I ended up with about bleeding 12 points. Yeah, fucking all sorts. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, like it's not big, it's fucking silly, young fella, but, yeah, crazy. So, do you know when you're driving and you know you've got a licence, right, and then you just see a police car behind, straight away you must be like, oh my fucking God, please don't pull me, please don't pull me. I was at the start, but funny enough, like when you start driving and they don't, the first time they don't pull you, you just start to get it. I, was, I drove that Range Rover for about three years with fucking no problems. Absolutely zero problems. Then a young lad in a Range Rover as well. You think you'd be prime for? Yeah, him. it wasn't until I changed to the Audi A5 and I I looked like a fucking drug dealer with all the blacked out windows and the fucking alloys and they I went through a light uh, like an, an amber light and they put me in. You like we you got your license and just no. And that was it. That was thing. That was the second time I got caught. Oh yeah, bleeding alloys. Just I think you just fucking had enough of me. Like, but yeah, I, I st- he sent me home. He said, fuck you, stay over there. So we stayed here for until the last day in January, getting pissed down on my head. And then Fergie rang, said, Preston wants you. So I, I come over and, Jesus, I done me medical. Me medical, I failed me medical at Preston. The, for what? On what? Me, I think it was me back. The, uh, I went, you know, when you, you stand, it was eight ball. I, I didn't even know eight ball. Remember, because Jacko and Baz had the job. But oh, eight cue ball. ball. Cue ball. Cue ball, eight ball. Eight ball. Cue ball, uh, yeah, he did my medical, but he brought me to Manchester. He said, ah, your back is fucked. Like, it was, oh, fucking hell, all right. And then I was, wherever I, I was supposed to have, like, a four-year deal on a diesel, like, going up from Blackburn's wages. And then uh, it was taking ages, and we were in uh, in Deepdale, me and my agent, and Fergie rocks in, bleeding 20 to 5, like, deadline was at 5. And he said, uh, listen, you failed your medical. We're not happy with your back. You've only played reserve games and a couple of handful, a handful of games for the first team in Blackburn. We don't, we can't put this money into you because you could break down at any time. You haven't proven that you can do it. So he said, like, there's your new contract. I think it was a two-year deal on shit money, and I was like, either take it or fuck off back to Dublin. So I had it was like fucking fifteen minutes to make up my mind. So I just fucking signed it. And at any point, did you think, fuck it, I'm going back to Dublin? Nah, because while I was here getting pissed down my head, my man and dad didn't know why I was here. 
So I was like, I need to fucking just get back to England because I didn't, I didn't want to tell anybody why I was here that uh, Allardyce had told me to fuck off. Mm. So I was just saying, I well, fucking so you kept my hamstring. You kept it secret. Kept it secret from, from my family, my friends. Yeah, just said I have an injury and then just told them I had to move to Preston Cam all of a sudden. It was just one of them things. But yeah, I was on my last legs at Blackburn. Blackburn had enough of me. Thing is, Fergie's probably took a chance on you, hasn't he? Because yeah. he saw your potential. And I could tell by the way he was going on with you. He, he slaughtered you every day, didn't he? Yeah. I remember you, he had you on the line doing, just trying to get yeah, you fit. Get fit. <laughs> he was just trying to get you fit. I remember just looking at you a few times and you were like... Because <laughs> we'd, we'd be training. The team would be training and Fergie believed in you that much. He just wanted you up there, didn't he? Yeah. And he'd do anything he could to get the best out of you. Mm. That's, how, yeah. that's the impression I got. Even at the point of the lads are training and you're doing doggies around the flipping pitch. Yeah, just it. wanted you to do well. That's, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. But if you're the fella who's doing the fucking doggies while the rest of the lads are playing, you're thinking, what's this prick? You think it was a punishment? I did at, at the time. Obviously, I shouldn't have. I knew if, I, if I'd have been super fit, I could have been fucking excellent. But I got to a place where I was half fit and I was half happy with it. So I was like, I'll do me a bit of drinking, me a bit of shagging, and I'll still do me a bit of football. It was, I wasn't fully committed to the football at all. And I think that's obviously what Fergie wanted. So the thing is, you were probably... 60% fit and you were still our best player. That's kept the, us, yeah. uh, we were in bother, weren't we? We were just going down the league towards the end of the season. Say 12 games left, there was no way we could have gone down. And within two games, we needed a result against Scunny, remember? Yeah. If we didn't beat Scunny, we were, it was last game of the season job. I I think, know, you, did yeah. you score two? Did you score two in the last in the second half? To, so no, I scored, I scored one. I think Billy scored. Billy scored a header, did he? And I, yeah, but I you, you carried us minute. through. I'm thinking, fuck me. <laughs> You look fucked after 30 minutes. I'm thinking, come on, Keith. We're still, we were look, we're still looking to him for... Yeah, but, yeah. I remember that goal. A oh, fucking great story from that night out, though. See, this is what my whole career is like. Oh, yeah, fuck that goal. Remember me night out? <laughs> me and... Uh, I scored that goal and we were... Mad. I had a hernia. I, I, I actually uh, told Fergie I, I, I needed a double hernia operation. So I was getting fucking painkilling injections in my arse uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for probably six months. And then he said, uh, like, when you're, uh, when we're clear, when we're mathematically clear, you can go and have your up. So I scored that goal against Scunny, so we're safe now. Went into him. What's the crack? Can I get this sword? He's like, no, no, no. I was like, Gaffer, I'm fucking, I'm all over the place. Like, I'm getting numb from the waist down every single game here. I said, oh, no, you're going to keep going with the injections. And I wasn't even training, like, during the week. I just sit and one day, my arse had so many bleeding bullet holes in it or pinpricks in it. They started saying, oh, we're going to have to start trying suppositories. But I kept shitting them out. As soon as I put them in, I shot them out. So they were like, <laughs> we're going to have to keep doing it. So you just injections all every fucking day. But then after I scored the scum top goal, me and Ledge went out that night into Preston. You know, Ledge knew fucking everybody. So we're, we're on the dance floor in, in Preston, you know, giving it to fucking Billy Big Bollocks. And all the girls are coming up the ledge. And Ledge's like, oh, this is Keith. He plays for Preston as well. So I'm, oh, how are we going? All right, love. And they like, fuck this. And kept going away from me. And I was like, and I'm not, not having a bar to me tonight. What's going on? But I've rambled in. I've got, fucking hell, I need to go to the toilet. So I sat down to have a piss. You know, just being lazy. Sat down in the nightclub. Put my legs down. A fucking big shit in the middle of me blade and my trousers. I was wearing grey jeans. like So it was fucking proper noticeable in the middle of the nightclub. But that's because of the injections. I couldn't feel anything from the waist down. So I'm fucking standing there having a beer. Getting introduced to these boards. All the time you love handing them between. Yeah, and I'm thinking... He's just covered in shit. A, yeah, just covered in shit. <laughs> just jumped in a fucking black cab and went home. Just rode that. I think I just left Ledge. Didn't even explain to him why I was leaving. Just left. <laughs> and smoke bombed him. That's that. Oh, he's, he's looking at him and getting closer. 
That's I can remember. Ho- it wasn't until I hooked them that they fucked off. Like <laughs> you go in like that, and I must have come up my back, and they gone fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the bad time at Blackburn, you arrive at Preston. I mean, do you remember from day one thinking, we've got one here? Yeah, I think he's brilliant, but he's just heavy and, and, and he's pissed all the time. I always thought you the opposite about, I never th- used to think you'd go out. I used to think you'd drink in the house. I thought you were one of them that would just get a bottle of summer and just drink in the house. <laughs> no, I developed That's what that. you told us, I don't know, but I just assumed that... I thought, to be fair, he doesn't even go out. I couldn't even relate to it. Do you know what nah, I mean? It was, it was every fucking night. Like, at Preston, when I started scoring, and, like, I, I was in, I was probably 21 at that time, and Preston was, like, a studenty place, so I went out. It was... Who were you going out clean. with? Fuck, I, do you remember Boris, the cleaner? He used to clean the change yeah. rooms. So I used to go out with him. I used to be that <laughs> fucking... Honest to God, I used to be, I te- like, cutesy ledge if it was an O from them. Boris would get whipped. And I'd just bring him out and do a bottle of champagne coming out and Boris would be sitting there like, what the fuck's going on? What a guy is Boris. Anybody, I'd always find somebody. You'd always find the wrong one in the club to go with. Like, there's always somebody there. Would you go on your own? Not to start. I could easily end up on my own, but I wouldn't go out starting on my own because it just looks a bit fucking weird, doesn't it? Going in, Billy, now, mate. <laughs> and what was it again? What you said before, was it just about what comes with the drinking? He was just horny. Yeah, just socialising. I knew if I had a few drinks, I'd probably end up waking up in the morning next to a bleeding girl. So I needed to be pissed. I don't, I don't know. Today, I still can't explain what verbally I was saying to women. I probably promising them the world, telling them what I did for a living and all that sort of stuff. But it fucking worked. I've said on A before, like about football being a being an option. Like you go out and if you slept in the next day, you wouldn't really be that bothered, would you? About coming into training. No. It would be like, ah. Oh. I've missed training. We're like, most people are like, oh my fucking God. I've missed training. I'm, what's yeah. going to happen here? Was I it just not a priority? Well, no, the drinking was a priority. It, it slowly started to become, I wanted to drink more than I wanted to play football. And like I said, like I had goals in my head. I wanted to play in the Premier League and I wanted to play for my country. And I never put like a hundred caps on it or a hundred Premier League appearances. I never put anything, I just wanted to do that. And as soon as I'd done that... It was ticked off. Yeah, I think something just fucking went... Amy just dropped down on me. And obviously, it was the alcohol accelerated a fucking big time because my body couldn't do the things it used to do. And like even I remember at Barnsley towards the end, like I couldn't fucking move. They were playing me on the left wing and I was trying to run past people and I was just like, the, the legs are gone here. Like, and I, I had to stop drinking, but I couldn't stop. It was, it was a problem, big fucking problem then. Was it whilst you were at Preston that you got your first cap? Ireland. Yeah, yeah, I was playing for Preston, yeah. <clears throat> I remember but when... But the, the, the drinking started before that, didn't it? So Yeah, but that's what I mean, because, like, not, not to sound big-headed, but I think my talent masked a lot of it because me, me, me career was going up and up, but me drinking was following it, and even me drinking was out of control, and still my career started to keep going. So, so you're just thinking, do you know was, what? Yeah. So I can carry yeah. on going. There was no alarm bells because the money was rolling in, the the appearances for Ireland, I was playing in a decent level for Preston, and even after Preston, Burnley still, a, you know, we, I think they were there or thereabouts to get promoted, like in, in what they thought would happen. So I was still playing at a decent level and probably thought I could kick on when I got to Burnley, but yeah, the, the drink had just fucking took massive hold of me. Like, Are we even, talking, you know, when we, you know when you're at Preston playing wheels on a Saturday afternoon, have you been out on the Friday? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes, definitely. Probably 90% of the time I would have been out on the Thursday. 100% would have been out on the Wednesday. And 
a handful of times would have been out on the Friday. Yeah, me and Cootsy did it a couple of times. Went out uh, night before our games. I think Fergie found out about it once. And just, he showed. I remember him fucking pulling me. It was. I think it was against Barnsley. And I've hit like a, a free kick on the halfway line. I hit it to the back post, and Cutie's like got up to the play, and I fucking jogging behind him. And then the ball's gone to our 18-yard box, and I'm jogging back, and Cutie's fucking sprinted past me, and he's going, "Look at fucking you here! Look at fucking you!" And it's like, ah, so there's no danger, Gaffy. There's no danger. There's no fucking danger. You're pulling your fucking finger out of your arse. But I couldn't do it because I was out the night before. But Cutie could do it. But he. he Anything I did, Cutie got the blame for it as well. Because <laughs> he didn't want me, like, he was very clever that he didn't want to alienate me and make me feel like it was me against him. So even, remember, we went to uh, we went to Marbella yeah. in pre-season. I didn't do enough running in one of the sessions. Like, he got the heart rate back and like, Keith, you're fucking running in the afternoon. Cutie, get your fucking boots. <laughs> the Cutie just got it as well. <laughs> Cutie he absolutely absolutely loved Cutie, though, didn't he? he? Loved, yeah, like that's why Cutie took it, because he loved him, yeah. Yeah, we had him at Peterborough as well, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, to the point where Cootie would go to him and say, I, I can't play today, I'm, I'm fucked, Tommy Armstrong. And Fergie would be like, you're playing. <laughs> He'd just tell him outright yeah. that he was playing. Cootie would be weak. I think it's Cootie done enough running and all, hasn't he? Cootie done enough running, bless him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So yeah. were Fergie Weir at this time? Uh, at the start, he was grand with me. He was really good. There was a couple of things he swept under the carpet, a couple of issues that happened uh, when I first signed that he was good as gold with, a couple what, of drinking big issues. Big issues or just coming in pissed? The Newcastle one. The Newcastle one, yeah. Well, we played Newcastle, uh, played Newcastle away, and we got B. I think it was a Saturday, and then... I'm fairly sure he said see us Tuesday. I think we got beat 1-0. I think it was the year where they went up and I think we'd done really well. Was that Danny's first, Danny Welbeck's first game? Maybe. Might have been. Yeah. I mean, Could it, yeah. Might I think we got been. beat 1-0 and they were like top of the league flying. So it were a, not a bad result really. Yeah, and then it was see you Tuesday. So that that was fucking me in Newcastle for the next three days. And I remember when I came back, me bleeding at my apartment had been trashed. Fucking the prawns, everything was all over the place. Telly was wrecked. I was just because... Prawns? Yeah, the prawns. The, I don't know what it was with the girls. Whenever you seem to scorn a woman, they go straight for the prawns in your fridge and just fuck them all over the place. Let's have them on the once. Yeah, a couple of times, yeah. <laughs> in, me, in me runners, in me boots, rubbing them on me tellies. You know, if you had suede soap, was rubbing them on the suede soap. It's just fucking stinking of prawns. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you, you've been caught out doing something that you shouldn't be doing and then is that not the one where you got arrested yeah well i got arrested because i was in newcastle acting the bollocks on me girlfriend at the time and when i came back i actually brought a, a stripper with me and i was shacked up in me in my house with with this girl and all of a sudden I, got, I get a knock on the door and it's two police women saying the allegations of me hitting my girlfriend and i hadn't seen me girlfriend in two days at this point so but I, I spent the night in the cell. They wanted to question me. We said, oh, we can't question you yet because you have drink. You have to wait till you sober up. So sobered up the next morning. They got me out of the cell and said the charges have been dropped. So 
but they kept me phone for evidence. So I couldn't even ring anybody from Preston to say, oh, listen, this and that. But yeah, I went went into Fergie's office as soon as I could later that day. And I, I'd only just signed. Like I was only in the club about a month and I'd missed training for being fucking locked up. But yeah, well, he, he was good as gold. Just talk us through. Where does the stripper come involved in your girlfriend? I, I met... What happened? I, I had a girlfriend in, like just in general and I was up in Newcastle and... I went out with a couple of lads off the team on Saturday night and then everybody went home, but I, I decided to stay. I went to a strip club, befriended a stripper. Fell in love. Yeah, stayed with her for a few, for the night. And then when it was time for me to go home, decided I'll bring her with me. And we went <laughs> back and me bleeding apartment was upside down because my girlfriend had just, because I hadn't come home, had just fucking wrecked the place. And yeah. It was, and it kills you to... It's yeah. you know. so, yeah, accused me, accused me of hitting her when I came back. I think she was like, well, he's up, up there acting the bollocks with somebody, so I'll get him this way. And then after she had calmed down, she went to the police and said, oh, no, listen, he, he didn't hit me. But, then but I had to spend crossed. the night in the cell, yeah. yeah. Mistraining because of it. Mistraining because of it. So Ferguson, yeah, he was like, what the fuck have I signed here? But yeah, he was good as goal. He squashed it. Like, he, he put the emphasis on me, asked me, like, have you hit a woman? I said, no, no, I haven't. And as soon as we established the facts, he, he was... Pretty quick and uh, putting her under the under the carpet. I think Fergie and probably Paul Dickov were the two managers that I felt like I could tell anything to. You know, if just if you go into the office, you just be honest, right? Because you always try and spin a lie, don't you? you if you've been up to no good, you're like, it weren't quite as bad as what you. Yeah, but I always felt with them too, you could just say it how it was. Yeah. I, I fucked up, and they'd always have you back. Yeah, just, Fergie was understanding with me. There's a lot of stuff I did, but he understood. I played with with Dick off at Blackburn. He fucking frightened the life out of me. Him, did he? And yeah, there was a you know there was a couple of people you come across in your career, and you're like, there's a bit of fear there with him. It's just I remember somebody skipped past me, and I Dick off, Dick off was on my team. I sort of jogged after like, and I just seen him fucking making a beat on me. Found me like, don't you fucking give up? You just keep running. I was like, oh fucking hell, alright. But yeah, he just had that bit of fear in him. But he was one of them strikers, one he that didn't give anybody a second. Nah. And you knew like if you're chipping one down the line your fucking leg's going to end up in Rose Ed because you just left a bit on people. But he was a nasty fella, but you needed that, didn't you, yeah. at the time? Mm. What about the other lads at Blackburn? Jufi? Chimbonda? Was Chimbonda there with you? Nah, Chimbonda wasn't there with me. Jufi was there, but I just fucking steered clear to him. He was up his own hole, that fella. He was loved himself. You know, we think he'd... He just... He just wasn't my type of fella, like... And I thought, like, when we gave him the ball, the, the play would slow down quite a lot because he was all for himself. Like, he'd get it and start getting into battles with people rather than keeping the ball in movement. And, but, yeah, Allardyce, Allardyce fucking loved him. But as a person, I just fucking steered clear to him. I thought you'd have been perfect for him to try and rope you to come out. I thought he'd try to take you under his wing. Yeah, but see, Jufi... type. Jufi would go out and he'd, he'd buy a bottle of fucking whatever he bought and he'd sip it for the night. Like, I'd, I was there to get fucking pissed. I wasn't there to yeah, like, pose and do all that. I was there to get more for the social get the job done. Exactly, yeah, that was it. So, yeah, going out with fucking him would have <laughs> never going to happen. How was Keith Andrews? Uh, Keith was cool, yeah. I liked Keith. Keith came to Blackburn from uh, MK Dons, I think, in Sprout. Yeah. Because yeah. he'd have been, what, like 28, 29, what? Uh, uh, like I'm not sure. Channel? He's a few years older than me, Keith. But we, we got picked for uh, the Ireland B team. To, we played fucking Knott's Forest and Daly Mount here and me and Keith were in the same room but you know, at Blackburn at first I thought this fella's a bit fucking tough like because he, he was going around trying to prove himself you know fucking leaving bits on people this fella's a bit of a dick but then all of a sudden when I roomed him he was alright he was like 
just thought he had a bit to prove because he came from a lower league and yeah, yeah. really nice favor. I still kind of keep in contact with Keith because he's the Ireland assistant manager and he done a, like he, he done a lot of punditry over here and I'm sort of going down through that roof so I pick his brains quite a lot now. Was there any I'm trying to think of the right what do you think you needed from a player or manager at this time to to try and get you turn it around? Yeah, was there anything that could have been done? Do you think you know yeah. like, towards Preston, you said you're drinking was up there, but also your performances. What do you think you needed? I, I don't to sort you out. I honestly don't think anybody could have. I don't do think not? anybody could have said that. No, some try, huh? Some try. Yeah, well, not not particularly at Preston. Uh, I remember when Phil Brown came in, he said, "I don't give a fuck what you're torn up like as long as you play well," and. I took that to the fucking extremes. You know, I was torn up pissed during the week and playing well and I was just left alone. But Eddie Howe, he he offered me, uh, he asked me to go down to Tony Adams' Spartan Chance for uh, the drinking and the gambling. But, you know, when somebody within the club is offering you that thing, you're like, I don't want to show a weakness. So I just, I haven't got a fucking problem. What's your, what's your problem with me? And I, I was like that about a lot of things. So I just, I wasn't ready to improve on myself. So I was never... No matter what anybody said, I don't. It's worth it's worth so, saying as well, though. You got your move to Burnley from Preston for mm. was it eight hundred grand hey, to a yeah, million? Something like that, yeah. So even though you you're boozing a lot and it's affecting you, you must have been still up there. Because I know Fergie did get the best out of you. you. In all, I was saying he was on your case all the time. It did work. Yeah, he did. Because you, you were our best player. Yeah, but I think Preston it suited me at Preston as well because. People would just say, give the ball to Keith. And I knew Parky be in the box. I had two good targets to go and hit. So it was really straightforward. Either I'd go direct myself. I'd just put a half-decent ball into the box. And if he's not there, fucking give out to him. So it was quite an easy job I had. But, yeah, I, I love when I was left 1v1. Like, Fergie used to tell me, like, if your winger's going, like, Callum would be there, Callum Davidson. So he trusted him in 1v1s, which unlocked me to cheat a lot and be left one-on-one with the right-back. So... It, it sort of all suited for me. I think that's why I did so well. But yeah, it, the performances dipped then when I went to Burnley, and that's when the drinking really needed to be addressed. And Eddie Howe tried, but like I said, nobody, nobody was ever going to be able to help me. It was. Did Fergie pick on it? Pick up on it? Uh, he knew. He knew about the drinking, but I think I don't think he knew the the extent of it. He knew every now and then I'd have a drink and I'd stink at booze here and there, but I don't think he knew the, the full extent of it. Plus, I was playing well, so. Don't think managers really with it, give a fuck. Yeah. Get away with it. How did the move right. to Burnley come about? Uh, well, we, we got relegated that year and I went in, Phil, remember he, we brought us into deep there and he said, one by one, we're going to have a meeting and see where he's all at. And he, he asked me, he said, do you want to stay? Because I, I was playing for Ireland, so I think they were expecting me to say I want to leave. <clears throat> and I said, no, I'm, I'm happy to stay. Uh, if we talk about my contract, obviously I'm not going to drop wages, blah, blah, blah. And Brown, Phil Brown said, perfect, you want to stay, we'll keep you. And I, I went and played for Ireland in the summer and came back. And we were playing uh, we were playing Wigan in a pre-season friendly. And I was sitting in the dressing room with my boots. And Phil Brown came in and Keith can have a word. And I remember Cutie hitting me. I was like, he's going to make you the captain. You're the fucking captain. And I went out. Fucking and, hell. Yeah, the, imagine <laughs> that sort of fucking loose cannon of a team that would have been. But yeah, he brought me out to the pitch and he, he just said, listen, we've accepted a bid from Bournley. And I said, oh, well, I don't want to go. He said, it's gone past that stage now, son. And he said, eh. I said, well, I'll play tonight. He said, you can't play. Burnley have asked for you not to play. So I met Eddie Howe the next day. And I, I had to go to, I went to some, somebody's house in fucking Manchester. But I went with my agent. And me and my agent were there. And the, my agent, they started, do you want a cup of tea? Oh, come on in here and make that tea. And left me with Eddie Howe. 
and he fucking cornered me. And I was like, how much do you drink a week? And would you, you know, like, you just asked me about drinking. I've heard stories, are you a drinker? I was like, no. How much do you drink? I said, ah, a couple on a Saturday. I said, but if we have a game on a Sunday, I said, no, I wouldn't. So I lied me way over, but like he sort of knew as well because he was questioning me about it. Mm-hmm. I think managers as well always think they can change you. Yeah. And I think that's, the, going back to Fergie, I think that's, he saw that as, I'll get him in and I'll yeah. get him fit. I'll get it out of him. I'll get the best out of him. There's a responsibility as a manager as well to look after individuals away from the football. Like you said that Phil Brown was just like, oh, do what you want yeah. as long as we get the results. As long as you do what you do on the pitch, I'm not bothered what you do away from it because he's getting the results mm. for the club and for him. For him. How far do you go though? What can a man? What well, that's can what a I mean. manager you've got, do? You've got to surely there's a certain res- responsibility there for a manager. But you know, to look after his fairness, players as well uh, as individuals. That's just as a human being. I'm not backing Phil Brown up here, but if you're the manager of a football, a professional football club in the Championship, I don't think the, the manager's not expected to be sorting your personal life out. You understand well, what I mean? Yeah, it's your I responsibility as a grown but man. If you if you're working in in an accountant's, let's just say, or an estate agent, or a plumber, electrician, or whatever, and you know that a lad might be struggling a bit, and you're his boss, it's kind of your responsibility as a human being to say, "Do you need any help? Do you need?" Mm. But on are the you flip right, side of that, man? if you're still if you're still fucking selling twelve well, houses yeah, a week, that's yeah. that's mm. all about the type of person you are as an individual, isn't it? And what mm. your when you're, when you're, you're, when you're a championship football club, you'd like, as a manager, I expect you'd like to think that your players are a professional. That's what I. That's what I think. That's that's the least that they can be, because you're paying them X mm-hmm. amount to play for their football club. I think it's, it's, a, it's all about you, the bridges between just being human and being yeah. professional in it. This that's is my being, job, and, and fuck you, Jack. Whatever you do, as long as you're turning up and and it's getting that's the result. Not me it's like if, in your main, but that's. I think that's just. Mm. And it is. Well, it did. It came later, like Sean Dyche a little bit later when Eddie Howe left. Sean Dyche took a real interest in, in me as a human being and he was probably the only manager who really tried to sort me out as a human. And I remember he used to bring me on jogs around Burnley City Centre. You know, like managers would say, oh, once you get fit, you'll be in my team and fuck over there to get fit. He said to me, once you get fit, you'll be in the team. Come on, I'll bring you on a jog. And he did it with me every day. I train and he'd say, come on, we'll go on a jog. So he was there with me and we'd end up having chats, you know, like a bleeding psychiatrist, like a father and son chatting about my family home and what's wrong with me. And Could you open up to him? Could yeah, you be I opened up to him big style, yeah, yeah, a lot. And yeah, again, like when, when he didn't recoil in horror and think, fucking hell, what is this fella all about? It sort of gave me that bit of confidence that I can keep talking about the things and the depression and everything that I was dealing with and the drinking. And... They say I opened up to him. I didn't tell him the extent of me drinking. I told him oh, I'd have a bit here and there. But yeah, he really, he took an interest in me as a human being. And he said to me, you know, Keith, I don't care if you go on to make 200 appearances for Borneo, you make 10. I care about you as a human. And even now, like, he, he came on a radio station for me in Dublin. I texted him on, uh, on Boxing Day because Borneo's game got cancelled. And I texted him, any chance you can come on a show? And got straight back, yeah, no problem. Took a call and everything, so... It's just he's just a brilliant human being, and it, he's the only manager I would say that about that is cares about the human mm. from the ones that I experienced. Going back to Eddie Howe, you, I mean, you, he'd obviously heard whispers of uh, where you still weren't to pay fucking all that money. I know. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. But it, it, see, things like I, I was starting to hear then that. Uh, like he didn't want to sign me. It was the Burnley board went over his head and signed me. And you know you you start to hear things like that. And again, I was playing. I was playing for Ireland in the summer, 
and I came back over. I, I joined pre-season a little bit later. So I came, I came out from my first day of training and there's Eddie Howley. Like, doesn't, not hello, or hey lads, like this is Keith, he's coming. He's just, you're over there doing a bleep test. I was like, oh, fucking cheers, dickhead. I never introduced himself. Like we had met, we had met but not in a Burnley environment. So you thought that would have been a, lads, this is Keith, or shake <laughs> me hand. It was bleep test. And that, I just got a vibe off him, like this fucker doesn't want me here. Did it get no better? Not really. He, <clears throat> I remember him, like, when I came back from pre-season from playing for Ireland, uh, it was a week before the season started and we played Watford at home and he had said to me, I'm going to put you on the bench but you're not coming on because you're overweight because I was at the being, as soon as I finished playing for Ireland, I was back on the sauce. So I went back, I was on the bench and he said, you're not going to play so I was like, all right, this has a bit of backbone, this cunt. But he put, we were losing 2-0 with 20 minutes to go and he puts me on and I set one up and scored one. So the next game, Peterborough away, I'm starting. So I, I've gone, I've gone well, I'm not ready. Like, and I, I knew myself I wasn't ready because I'd been drinking. That just papered over the cracks the Watford game. And he put me in against Peterborough. I think I played 60 minutes. I scored a goal, but I was shite, shite the whole game. And he said, uh, he, he hung me out the drive. He was like, you're fucking awful, this and that. I was like, I wasn't fucking ready last week. And all of a sudden I'm ready now. But thing is, when, when would you have been ready? Exactly. Yeah. Looking back. Would you have ever come off the drink? Would you ever have nah. tried to get yourself fit? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. It's it, like These little things are in your head as a footballer and you, you, you're trailing tall fucks off somewhere that it shouldn't be and you start, you're in a fight that, you, like the gaffer doesn't even always in a fight with you about something, but yeah. your head is just in a completely different fucking place. When you go away with the island squads, then are you having a drink as well? Oh yeah, big time, yeah. Fucking, yeah, there's some fucking crazy stories where the Irish drinking. <clears throat> we, uh we, we beat Italy one of the day we beat Italy in Belgium in uh, some fucking game but we oh sorry sorry this, this, the summer I'm talking about uh, before I joined Burnley we won the Carling Cup of Nations which was like Scotland Wales Ireland in a, some fucking tournament in Northern Ireland and we won it so we got back to we were that was on say a Saturday and we were playing Belgium uh, playing Italy in Belgium on the Tuesday so we got back to the hotel that night and the senior lads like the big hitters said I've never won a fucking thing with Ireland and I'm never going to win a thing again so I'm going out. And it rolled into like a fucking three-day bender. It was just, just carnage. I remember like the security guards fighting with the, the senior players and all because there was girls coming back to the hotel and it was just fucking carnage. And we flew over to Belgium <clears throat> on whatever day it was and we were in the same hotel as the Italians for some reason. We, that wouldn't usually happen. And they're all there in their suits looking fucking like Chiellini <laughs> there. A million looking, dollars. Oh, we're all like, where's the nearest bin? We need to fucking get sick. <laughs> but Trap, uh, we went down for dinner and we're all like a bag of shit still. And Trap at home was like, ah, training's off. Fuck this, no training. So we trained the next morning, played that night and beat the Italians 2-0. And I come on for 20 minutes and Chiellini nearly broke me back. Just fucking went through me like a train. But that's what, like so much things just get masked over. And like I'm drinking like a bleeding lunatic and all of a sudden I've just got a cap against Italy and one 2-0. So mm. although I should be saying, yeah. fuck, I need to get a grip of myself here, I'm still but you, going. On the crest of a wave. Yeah. So do you I think imagine Tappatoni, though, especially if you're in the hotel with the, the Italians, he's going to want to make a good impression. Yeah. He's no, going to pull you in a bit. Well, I fucking certainly didn't make a good impression. I was like a goblin coming through that reception. I was in bits. <laughs> Who yeah. did you make your debut against? Was it six caps altogether? Six right. caps. So I made, uh, made my debut against um, Argentina in the Aviva in the stadium just opened. They knocked it down, redeveloped it, and the first game back, I was picked to play against Argentina. Uh, yeah, Messi played. That's what everybody asks. Yeah. Messi played. Yeah, 
We lost one nil. I think De Maria scored. He's fucking offside. Do you think? Do you think the fact that you were still getting picked for Ireland stopped? You, like you just thought, I'll tell you what, fuck it. I, I'm I'm doing well enough. Yeah, I, I did. I settled in my head so many times. Like I'm playing for Ireland. I'm playing at a decent level. Like who's this fella telling me to stop drinking? Like what the fuck's he doing? And I, like I, I was getting away with it, and like I say, things were getting masked, and things so, just set, seemed to going up and up. You can imagine, like the you know the consciousness, like the the angel and the devil, and you're saying, "I need to sort myself out," you know? and he's like, "Just nah, fucking beat yeah. Italy two 0 What you about? Come it's on!" And I, again, like at 21, 22, a horny little young flat, and that devil saying, "Go on out, and you'll find yourself aboard as well." So there was that on me bleeding because I had a sex addiction as well. So there was always that urge of needing to go out, have a few points to loosen me up to meet the girl. And it just fell into a fucking routine all of it, just constantly. Every night was the same shit. What do you constitute a, a sex addiction as? You know, because we've all been young lads and we've... You know, hot and horny. Hot and, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I did this but got, what, what, obviously this is a different level. Yeah, this was like anything goes. Fucking, like... Yeah, every, everybody fucking... Yeah, I think... I'm, See, I had to be careful what I say, but there's, there was a definite sex addiction there. It's it's hard to give you a, a real defining moment that I knew it was there, but... Well, you're one of them who'd go, rather go on with something than nothing. Yeah, anything. Fucking anything but nobody, because the sooner I went home by myself, the, more, this, like, the demons would start in my head. As long as I had somebody there that would keep my mind off where my mind would go, I didn't give a fuck what they looked like. Was that like a self-esteem, do you think? Uh, do, you need well, a, do you feel like you need a bit of love? Yeah, well, I think like I, I was on I was on trial from 13, just back and forth from England to Ireland, and then I moved over at 15, have a like a big family in Ireland, so my man and dad didn't come over an awful lot. So I think it was just too early for me. I, I was a child. I was, and I, I was quite muddled by my ma when I was here. So me going to live from Dublin city centre to Blackburn, like fucking Emmerdale Farm, it was it was a big change for me and. Yeah, just with, with no supervision and earning two grand a week, your own house, your own Range Rover, you're going to get into fucking trouble, aren't you? Mm. Do you think that there was some kind of, like an underlining issue there? Like, because obviously you say you've been with, you've been through therapy and, and everything since. Like, there was an underlining issue there of not being able to deal with that. So you was masking it with alcohol, with women. That That's your escapism. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And it took me years to to figure out that there was an underlying issue there was a family a family issue that I can't really get into but there was something in my head that I had buried away for years and years yeah, and yeah. years and going to therapy unlocked it for me and as soon as I, I, I hit the nail on the head and I realised what I was running from things just started to get better and again that, that's all down to my wife because when she brought the word therapy up I, I had I had this vision in my head of people who, who have therapy and take therapy as being psychos or not being right or mentally not right. And I, I didn't want to put myself in that bracket. But when you start to speak about things, it really does open it up. And if any sort of depression or anything you have, if I told you the more you talk about it, the quicker it'll go away. Mm. It, that really is the key to it. If you've the stuff going on in your head, talk about it because it'll get out. And the first time I walked down my therapist office, I felt 10, 10 stone lighter. It was unbelievable I, i'd recommend it everybody. all yeah it's all the stuff i had in me like things i've done to with women things i've done through football the the hatred i have for myself for not reaching the peaks that i should have and the, the things i've done to my wife just just all sorts of stuff going around in my head but when you unload it it just, it just makes you feel lighter and it, it makes you not the monster you think you are inside when you took ownership of it 
do you think that was like the turning point of right? I've got to. This is me now. I've got to deal with it rather than just get another drink or just getting another. Yeah, but it got to the point where like when when I walked away from Barnsley. I had a game we were playing Preston that's why I was in my house because I live close to the Deepdale then uh, the Barnsley training ground so Christmas day I just got fucking pissed down my head because I wanted to go home and see my wife and my kid. I couldn't do it they couldn't come over I just I drinking whiskey like neat whiskey neat vodka and I woke up face down in my sitting room with blood everywhere like I was vomiting blood uh, it was just I fucking shat myself really shat myself And so you've got no absolutely no concern about the game the next day zero so but i was just trying to get through literally trying to get through the next hour because i was in a place where i was thinking oh poor me like parky's off having dinner with his family so i was brownie i'm sitting in my house having a fucking pizza on christmas day and it it wasn't to the point where i couldn't flip it i just couldn't get into a positive vibe at all it was i was in this bleeding dark place where everything was coming in on top of me and the only option i seen to numb them thoughts was blackout through drink and even then, like when I say I was puking blood and I, I got to a place where I nearly lost my life, it still took another two years of hard drinking before I decided to stop. Talk us through then. I, I mean, what happened on that day at Barnes? <clears throat> I got my driver uh, came to get me to... I, I'd stopped fucking driving at this time. I was constantly pissed, so I couldn't drive. So my, my driver came to get me. Got, I think he had a key. I mean, back door was constantly open, so he came in through there and woke me up and put me into the shower cleaned me up and he was pleading with me he said I'll ring your mother and father I'll ring, you ring your, your wife and we're going to have to tell somebody here but I persuaded him listen just fucking bring me to the game and I went to the game and thank God Danny I think I was actually due to start the game but Danny Wilson uh, he, whatever happened I was on the bench but while I was warming up I remember going I'd done a couple of doggies and the fucking the crowd was just like my provisional vision was coming in and in and in and I made some excuse to the gaffer, like I have to flew or something. And he said, all right, we'll just go and sit on the bus and stay away from the lads. And I walked out and just straight to the airport and fucked off home. I got that much of a fright, like I just wanted to fuck off. But yeah, I was that due was to it. play. Yeah, fucked off home. Never came back. And then, so that boxing day, you get back that boxing day and you just go back on the drink that back day? Back on the sauce, yeah. It's, it, it makes no sense, I know, but like I, I ran, I ran away from the drink in one place. You puked blood up that night? Puked blood up that night. No, that morning. That morning before the game, because I I blacked out during the night, and as I woke up, there was blood, and I'm fucking still going, just blood spewing out of me. So I, I go, and that night I'm back in Dublin, back on the piss. I, I I know it makes no fucking sense. But and what kind of nick were you in? You know when you were reported to the ground, were you just hung over? Yeah, just hung over. You know, just one of them. All right, just keeping just my head down it. and with being pressed and. Them fucking pictures of me arsehole hanging out. Everybody was fucking shoving them in my face to sign them. I'm fucking hung over the bits. I remember, oh, fuck's sake, remember that? Yeah, that's the last thing you want to see when you hung over is my fucking arsehole hanging out. But people signed that, will you? And then they get that when you go fuck off, they go, really? You're like, Are you mad? Because I won't sign a picture of me arsehole. Going back to um, when you said, Eddie Howe, that you weren't ready, at this point, is it a case if you're not getting away with it like you used to, do you think? When you're sitting at Preston, you were drinking a lot, but your performance were up there. Had it started to catch up with you now? Uh, yeah, it had started to catch up with me, but in my mind, I was still... Like, I hadn't played and not played well to come out. It was... I felt I hadn't been in to come out. Right, yeah. So I had that in my head thinking... Because he, he brought, uh, I think, Junior Stanislas from Bournemouth with him. 
and he was playing ahead of me so I was like that's just fucking his boy from Bournemouth like you know the way you start to think like and as a footballer but yeah so I, I just wasn't I didn't want the fight because I thought he just he has his boy there so mm. I'm fucked and what was it that why did he say I think you need to go to the Priory what what was that well he used to uh, Eddie Howe used to breathalyze me because he, I, I used to see him I'd, I'd be having playing dinner in the canteen sitting with Ross Wallace and I'd see him walk past me and he'd be giving me the eye like that I'd fucking look what's he all about and he eventually pulled me and said, like, I've been looking at you eating. You don't eat that much, but you have a bit of a belly on you, so it must be the drink. So I've, uh, all right. He said, oh, listen, I'm going to breathalyze you in the mornings. And he said, is that okay? I said, no, not really. He said, "Why have you got a problem? You know, fucking flip. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. So I go, oh, no, okay, you can breathalyze me. So he breathalyzed me for uh, probably about two weeks and didn't get anything. But then we, play, we played Millwall away. And we were losing one nil, and we scored in the last minute, got like a draw. And he, he got everybody on the pitch doing the huddle and all, you know, like, fuck yeah. So in a great mood, so I was thinking, ah, he's all right. Then uh, he said, I come on for the last 20 minutes. And I, I had cleared it with him that I was flying back to Dublin for my uncle's wedding. And he said, yeah, yeah, okay, no problem. So I, uh, as I was leaving the den, uh, Eddie Howe looks at me and goes, enjoy yourself, son. You know, a bit of a wink. So I was thinking, love you, he's not going to breathalyze me on Monday. So I, I drank all day uh, from then on, like Sunday morning, I was still fucking drinking. Got the red six o'clock flight uh, Monday morning home, uh, back to back to training. Eddie Howe breathalyzed me and obviously I failed to breathalyze her, but on a, I got offered on a technicality and he was trying to find me six weeks wages. And So I, you know these two weeks when you'd not failed the breathalyzer then, I did not have to drink then or were you just somehow getting away with it? Uh, I think I just started doing it, you know, if we had... Tuesday, I drink on a Tuesday because we'd went day off. So I was still doing it, but I, I just started doing it at the right times to avoid the breathalyzer. Mm. But mm. so it was working, really. It was working, yeah. But like, I was only trying to avoid it. Like I wasn't actually ever thinking I'll, I'll fucking knock the drink on the head here and concentrate on the football. It was just trying to pick holes out of getting around what he was doing. Like, can you see, sorry, Keith, interrupted you there, but can you see now looking back that? Every, probably every manager that you played for is trying to help you. It was everything yeah, that they yeah. did was for your benefit. I, of course, yeah. I, like I think. That came with age. It took me a long time to realise that there was people genuinely trying to help me. I thought, I, why is he making me wrong? Yeah. Why, is he, why is he not letting me play today? And I took these as punishments and people not liking me. And for a, probably for a good bit of my career, I took things quite personally from managers. But I was a fucking nightmare to, to try and manage, like going out, getting pissed every day, sleeping with whoever I could. Like, you know, the manager, it must have been a nightmare to manage. So all the managers like that I have bad things to say about, I know he wasn't an easy man yeah. to manage, so I understand they were weird circumstances. Did you know that when you said you could open up the dice and stuff, was there a bit of you like, you know, I like him, I'll I'll give it a go for him in a way, or was it a case of I'm just going to carry on as I'm going? Oh, if you, I'll speak to him about it, but I'm going to carry on. No, I did. I, I think even even he will tell you I, I did give it a go. Um, because when, when he first came in, it was, it was I played for the reserves on, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday and Dice's first training session was on like a Thursday. So I went out the Wednesday night after the reserve game and got pissed and then Dice got the job and I got a phone call, we're all in Thursday because I was supposed to be off because of the game. So I went in and Dice has pulled me. He said, oh, you're back in the first team, clear slay, everything's going to be all right. But I'm fucking stinking of booze at this time. So he's put his arm around me and he said, I can smell the booze off you, son. And I've initially gone to say, oh, no, Gaffer, I didn't realise I'd be trained. He's gone, don't worry about it. It's your one and only chance. Come in smelling the booze again and we'll be done but this is your last chance and 
yeah, he was good as gold. Like I say, he squashed that six the six week thing. It was still fucking hanging over my head, and he just said, "Listen, that was under the next manager. Nothing to do with me." And he, he took an interest in me, like mentally, physically. He he helped me. Yeah, it was a bit, little bit like a father figure. And he was like that with all the lads. To be fair, it wasn't like a a favoritism thing with me. He, he was like that with everybody. I think he's got to be good to, to be do what he's doing at Burnley for this amount of time. He must have some. But I think a lot of that is the man managing. People yeah. want to run through brick walls from him. Yeah. Like I said, like I was ready to finish when Eddie Howe, like Eddie Howe, uh, I had two, two and a half years left on my contract at, at a three-year deal at Burnley. And he was trying to persuade me to give it up six months in, just saying, I'll walk away. And we were, He was telling you to walk away? Yeah, telling me to walk away. Because like, it got to the point where like, I was taking the piss and training. Like, if somebody kicked the ball, like Park, he, he kicked it there, I'd slide five seconds after he kicked it. Just... Because like I'm not gonna play, so I'm just gonna fucking disrupt everything. Right, yeah. But it it was just fucking stupid, stupid shit. Of we ne- we never fucking seen eye to eye. Like did tell you? Did you ever hear about the time you brought a sheep herd? A what? A what? Sorry. Sheep herd. No. no. Bear sheep. <laughs> Look no. at me like a fucking ten head. You know what I mean? He's bossing out a sheep to training. I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, he didn't bring it to training. We were. He brought us down to bat on uh, a pre-season thing. And we, we played Bat University or whoever. Bat. We played fucking Bat. And uh, yeah, we, we won 1 0. But that night, we're having dinner at back in the hotel, you know, 10 o'clock or something. And he's like, lads, in reception at 8 in the morning, bit of team bond the So we're taking lovely. He's rented a pub, paintball, and something, golf, anything. So we ju- next morning, we, we're all stiffen off. We jump on a coach, fucking winding through the mountains. Oh, where the fuck is this prick going? Pulls into a farm. Weirdly, that must be a nice cafe in here or something. What's going on here? And then all of a sudden, a farmer comes, bleeding sheepdogs, whizzing around, <laughs> gathers all the sheep. He's like, lads, that's what you are going to be doing. You want? I've never seen so many heads fall off all at once in my life. What's you doing a bit of sheep herding? <laughs> yeah, sheep herding. Come by, come <laughs> by, come by, come by. <laughs> Unbelievable. Pre-season bonding. <laughs> sheep herding? Sheep herding. Around some fucking hill and bat somewhere. <laughs> it was a fucking disgrace. It was heads falling off left, right and centre. Like all the, the ground was uneven. You're walking and your fucking ankle is rolling. You know, holy Jesus. But yeah, you just... Not enjoy it. Anybody any good at sheep herding or... No, you know what the best thing was? We actually cornered. There was this fucking one problem sheep and he kept fucking off from the group. But <laughs> we ended up cornering him, right? And like bleeding, the, whatever the bleeding farmer was saying, he's like, stay in his peripheral and you sort of guide him. But he's bleeding. He's, we have him in a corner and just by chance, we're all like sort of walking towards it. Eddie Howe links me. He's like, boom, next fella. He's like, lads, if we go towards it, we, we'll be able to get him. But the fucking thing, he said, he was giving it all this, like, we get a chain together, we go together, don't fucking move. If he runs at you, stay strong, and the sheep will back down. The fucking sheep ran straight at him, and he jumped out of the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know he was next to me. You know? yeah. This is the gaffer. Fuck Tell you, Eddie. Team bonding. And it, like, if, he'd, if he'd have stayed strong there and the sheep backed down, you'd have thought, Fucking this is like I understand where you've gone with this, but he just backed out of it. And <laughs> all that, all that for that one moment, and you shot yourself. <laughs> piss poor, piss poor Eddie. And see, now we set maximum and uh, well place for Newcastle. Shearer, <laughs> <laughs> come on, Al, come on, set maximum. We're, we're going sheep birding. <laughs> ah, fucking hellfire. So, how come you ended up leaving under under Dash? Uh, well, we got we got promoted, but about six months out, my contract was up the year we got we uh, we got promoted, and about six months out, I spoke to my agent, and my agent spoke to the gaffer, and he said, uh, 
listen, we're happy with Keith. We're going to give him another deal, but we're just not sure of the money yet because could be Premiership, could be Championship. We're not sure yet. So it was grand and like it was getting closer and closer to the end of the season. And eventually we beat Wigan. So we were definitely promoted. And I, I was going to get my agent to go in and knock on the door and say, what's the crack? But the next game, somebody didn't play. I think it was David Edgar didn't play well. And he's gone. Like he said, you, you cunt, getting your agent, knocking on my door, worried about your contract. Show some balls and knock on my door yourself. And I, I was fucking that far away from texting my age, like, go and knock on the door. So I've gone and done it myself. Like, and he said, ah, oh, listen, the board aren't really convinced. They, they want to see more of you. They think you're going to go back to Dublin and put on a lot of timber and need too much time to get fit for the premiership. And I was like, well, there was a fucking contract there six months ago. And we saw it. We had a little bit of a, little bit of a row. And, the terms were, he said, uh, I'll give you a trial. If you come back in July uh, fit, I'll give you a trial and I'll sign you straight away. And I told him to fuck off. It's ridiculous. I said, nah, nah, not interested. Because in my, in my head, I just, I, now in hindsight, I should have fucking yeah. had a decent summer, looked after myself, went back and played in the Prem. But in my head, I was thinking, there's a fucking deal there. Now it's been whipped from me. Mm. And you're saying the board don't want me. It's like, if the bar don't want me, the bar don't want me. It doesn't matter how well I play football. So I just, I, you know, I wish I'd have had to get up and go. So you're bit, From you're their perspective. Enough to spite your face a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Especially when fucking, because I, I, I played, I think I played 30, 34 games that season. We got promoted. And I was thinking, I'll get a decent championship move. I'll be all right. It's fucking only Barnsley. And I think it was like, no disrespect to Barnsley. Well, it's but not about like you're fucking at you. Okay, they were <laughs> <one>. Oh. <laughs> But that's what I thought. Like I got a championship club, and the only fuckers coming knocking was Barnsley. And I think yeah, it was because all due your to the... reputation perceived. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The <laughs> thing is, every club that you played for, like we had Chef Wed fans on, saying what a, what a player Keith was. Yeah, he must have done well there as well. At Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Wednesday only bleed liked me because I had been at Sheffield United, uh, and I went on loan to Wednesday. I think there was only four games left, and the uh, United were second, and Wednesday were third. And I scored a goal down in Brentford at 12 o'clock on a, on a Sunday to bring, to put us second. And then United played and lost. So we stayed second and beat Wickham at home and got promoted. So I think that, that's the only reason Wednesday fans like me is because I think I scored, I think it was a free kick against Brentford. That, yeah, somebody asked about that actually. Yeah. Brentford away. Yeah, I, I liked Wednesday. I thought fucking United was a big club. I piss a lot of people off here. Wasn't I? I thought United was big till I went to Wednesday. In my, in my my experience, Wednesday was a, a small bit bigger. Mm -hmm. How was Dave Jones? Dave, yeah, Dave was all right. Like. The thing is, like my experience with Dave, Dave Jones, you were, he was totally the wrong manager for you. Yeah. Because he, he was a bit like, if you do it on a Saturday, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, he was old school, wasn't he? <clears throat> but I, I remember he rang me on a, on a Wednesday and I was after being out in Blackpool till God knows what fucking hour. And I remember picking up the phone and me bleeding hand to shake and... And he said, uh, Keith, it's Dave Jones. I want to get you down to Wednesday for the last month of the season. And I was like, I'm not fit. And he's like, well, is your left foot walking? I said, yeah, yeah, it's walking. He said, I'll fucking have you then, son. So he's like, listen, ring ring this fella. Do your, do whatever you want. Do your homework on me and get back to me. So I, I just went to sleep for an hour again because I was fucking so hungover. And I eventually, I ended up in a, in a uh, me driver bringing me down to Wednesday. And I remember going into the canteen to shake his hand. I shook Dave Jones' hand and he was like, you're a bit nervous, son. Your hands are shaking. I was like, no, I was out last night. I fucking still hung over. And he's like, I've only then I've realised, what the fuck am I saying? And he's gone, oh, okay. I, go, I didn't realise it's going to be here. It won't happen again. And I went out for a jog and 
that was it. Started with Wednesday. I can't remember my first game for them. I remember the promotion party though. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus wept. Yeah, did, did, get Gary Medine. He must have some Gary Medine stories. <laughs> but off the wall. <laughs> I remember he was barred from Sheffield City Centre. Yeah. One yeah. allowed in the city centre. Bleeding lunatic. <laughs> That's rich. <laughs> well, I, I've never been barred from the city centre. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it a two year deal you signed at Barnsley when you left? Yeah, two Berlin? years it was, yeah. Yeah. Did you come back that summer heavy, that pre-season heavy? Uh, I, th- I think I was out, yeah, I would have been heavy, but for me it wouldn't have been fucking out of control. Like. Who's manager then? Uh, Danny Wilson. Yeah, I remember meeting him in a hotel and he's you know blowing smoke up my arse for a while. You're the player we need and this and that. And I was so I was thinking I'll, like, I'll have that on the backbone, I see what, because there was rumours of Birmingham coming in and I I'll had my finger in a different few different pies but I remember uh, it was like the, the Wednesday or something and <clears throat> the first game of the season was on the Saturday and my agent said to me get yourself to Barnsley do a medical just in case it gets over the line and you'll be able to play on Saturday so like alright so I'm doing medical just in case yeah 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 so I went down to do a medical and before I knew it I was doing a fucking yo-yo test and the contract had been signed because my agent I nothing came and I was just mm. alright yeah and that was it like it was, I should have probably hung tight and seen what came, but I, like the game, the season was starting on a Saturday and it was the so Wednesday. So you didn't actually have a pre-season then? No, nah, no pre-season, no. They, were, they said, kept saying, oh, we'll get you fit, we'll get you in the door, get you playing and do this, and, but it's never really... Was your heart not in it from the start or your head? No, I think when I, think when I left Burnley, I was just like, right, just winding down now, whatever I get, I get. And how old are you? Uh, well, I was 26 when I finished, so probably 25 maybe. Just, yeah. just turned 25 yeah but that that would have been probably the tour de four time that I had a pain in me bollocks wait like I'm done I mean I rang Deutsch before and told him I was in Dublin and I said listen I'm not coming back and uh, the, his reply was like, "It's all, if you feel like that that's fine I wish you all the best but if you come back come back don't come back and fuck off again yeah. that, that was the only advice he gave me and I came back and I fucked off again <laughs> so you know what with this are you not thinking like any thoughts on earning money? No, because I, I lived in a bubble from fucking 15 where money wasn't really an issue. Like I was only earning 120 quid a week at, at, at Blackburn, but money was sort of always there for me. If I needed something, the cl- it would magically appear from the fucking club. Like it was just one of them things. So I was in a bubble where I thought money was always going to be there and I had a few bobs saved away. Again, that's because of your ability. When you say money would magically appear from the club... Yeah, but I think of how good you were. Yeah, yeah. If it had been an average player who were getting in trouble, fuck him off. Fuck him off. Yeah, I think I think that's that's definitely it. I don't think I'd have lasted as long as I did if I hadn't as been as talented as I was. I think close put up with me because they thought there could be a payoff at the end of it with him. He sorts himself out. Yeah, but listen, I think a lot of managers said they tried. They did. Even Deutsch said to me face he tried, and we nearly got there. But I think there was just some things in me that had to come out before. I could rebuild and mm. I don't think it could it could have came into line with football at the same time. Can we just go over again how it, how it came to a crescendo then at, at, at Barnsley? The way that, I mean, what was the build-up up to that point at, at Boxing Day? Uh, the the build-up was the same as it was at every other club. Were you getting know? support from the manager? Are they aware of No, the nothing from the manager. Zero from the manager, no. Because this is essentially a moment at 26 that you decide to call a day on your football career yeah well like I say I think 
when I when I was puking blood, I got I got a fright. I got a, a real fucking fright, and I went home later that day, and I, I went straight back to the pub that night. But that was that was the reason I thought if I'm alone, I, I can't be alone over here because I'll just I'll drink myself to death. So I knew at least if I was in Dublin, my wife would be closer to me. People might cop on to what I'm doing, and maybe I'll get help. But a lot of people, like even my friends at the time, would enable it. Would you know? Because I'd have a few a few quid, and I'd be buying everybody drinks. So. It takes a big man to say, no, don't buy me a drink. You actually have a problem, mate. So that never really came. So it, it, like I say, I, I remember having a bat one night and my mind just, just snapped in Dublin and I, I broke down crying and my wife came in. She didn't know what was wrong and I told her. I said, oh, I'm ready. I'll, I'll go and get help. So are you not, is, you, is your wife not busting your balls when you're coming in pissed every day? Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I only had to put up with it for a certain amount of time because I knew I was going back to the pub. Whenever it opens, even you know, in Dublin, there's 24 hour pubs all over the place. You know, little offs, uh, early morning houses, casinos, stuff that if you don't want to stop, you don't really have to stop. So, she, it was very, very difficult for my wife because she looked, she wanted to look after me, but she also wanted to bollock me. And the more she bollocked me, the quicker I was to fuck off. Yeah, so she was in it, she's in a very tough place. But was that your rock bottom then in the bath? Yeah, and it wasn't even like a physical thing. It was just a mental thing. I was sitting in the bath and I remember like just, just trying to relax, but I couldn't switch off the, the voices in my head. They just come, kept coming around and uh, I wanted to drink. I wanted to go back to the pub. I, I wasn't happy in my house. I felt like I was missing out on things. Like, oh, I bet you're having a great time up in the pub or there'll be a nightclub tonight or there'll be a board I could have banged. And It's just shit coming into my head. And yeah, I, I had to address a lot of issues before. I was able to start building myself back up, but it's a long process, but it's one I'd highly recommend for anybody struggling with, with mm. mental health. So, do you know in this two years from your finishing at Barnsley to getting in the bath, have you got a job in that year? Uh, no, I was living off my savings at the time. Uh, yeah, just because I had, a, like I said, I had a few bob uh, knocking around. And even, this is how fucked up football is. When, when I fucked off after it, Barnsley had to pay me, I don't know whether it was 10 grand or 20 grand. And I just fucked off. Because you went, I, even I though you off. went. And then I got a letter to, I think my driver went to my house in England and he said, oh, there's a letter. This was six months later, by the way, saying Barnsley have sacked you. And then there was like a dispute and they paid me 10 or 20 grand. And like I totally, in the, I did not, no, I didn't push it. It was just my agent was like, I'll get you some pay up money and that was it. But, so ridiculous that I I decided I'd had enough and they still had to pay me out. Mm. I was going to say because you played a bit over here, didn't you, when you came back? Yeah, was, a little would bit. That, yeah. Would that have helped you? You know, you you back home at least, but did it not? Was uh, it? Do you think it was a football environment? In fact, yeah, I think that was a bit of it with me. Yeah, because like, you you, so you get a reputation for being a drinker, and then people start to expect it from you. Like, oh, it's boy likes to drink, and but when I came back, I yeah. Uh, I, I trained with Shamrock Rovers when I first came back and they, they were like a decent professional team at, at the Irish level. They were trying to progress it and make it a bit more professional, but I just wasn't into it. I was like, nah, I'm not ready yet. I need a bit more time away. And then an uncle of mine came in to the family house and he was the manager of Drotter. And he said, oh, listen, I think, Keith, we're going to get relegated. We're fucking shy. Seven or eight games left. Just come and play. And... I was like, all right, then I'll come and play. And I played the first game, dropped it against Limerick. We got B4-1. And he, he got sacked today. Or he left the club today after. And I was left there for the next eight games. And I'd only done it for my fucking uncle. Yeah. And he fucked off. <laughs> I was left there. <laughs> but, yeah. No, yeah, just, 
there was still, like I say, there was a physically my rock bottom was that time at Barnsley and mentally was was in Dublin. So yeah, it was difficult times. How long ago was this then? Uh, probably f- yeah, nearly five years ago now. And you're off the drink. Yeah, be five years in November. I'm off the drink. But it, that was a big, like, the drink was a big part of it. There's still the sex addiction that needed to be, although the drink fueled the sex addiction, there's still all things that need to be addressed. So you address them all individually and realise why you, why you think you can act that way and certain things. And my, my psychiatrist was great, the way she just unlocked things in me and made me, obviously having the little girls as well, you get, you get respect for women that you probably, I definitely didn't necessarily have before that, which, you know, was brilliant for me and I have a respect for women now that I, d- I didn't have as, as a kid. So do you know in this two years like you're sorting yourself out and you've still got your sex addiction then but you've told your missus about everything are you still shagging birds? Yeah, yeah. And has uh, your missus just got to have put up with that? Did she know? She knew. Well, she, she had inklings of things uh about every, and she used to say to me, Keith, it's a not known that's killing me. It, if you tell me one way or the other, it'd be, I'll, I'll feel better. So we went to, to therapy and I laid everything out on the line. It was X, Y, Z. I said, yes, no, yes. And yeah, when I thought some of the deepest, deepest, darkest secrets in me, I couldn't tell her. But when I, I got into an environment and a place that I had to tell her and I told her and she didn't recoil, she didn't fuck me off. She didn't think I was a, a monster or a prick. She just sort of seeing if I was an addiction and somebody who needed help. And yes, I don't know how better. she did it. Huh? You felt better. I felt better just for saying the, mm. the things I'd done out loud because you start, it starts manifesting and eating away at you and you drink more because you think I can't ever tell people the things I've, I've done in the past and the way I've treated women. Even like when you tell the average person about, oh, I was offered to come back on trial to play in the Premier League and I didn't take it. People look at you like you're a bit fucking fruity, but it's a mental thing. It's if I wasn't there mentally, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. And people think you're fucking crazy, but I think mentally you just have to put yourself forth and do what's right for you. When you look back now, you're still proud of what you achieved. No, really, I wouldn't say proud. No, because like I say, I do feel like I could have done more. I should have done a lot more. But I'm probably prouder for realizing that I needed to get the fuck out. Because yeah. honestly, if I'd have still there, I, I honestly think I'd be dead today. If I'd have kept going playing football, that's, and the big, that's been the biggest battle for you. Yeah, I, I honestly like people. There is times when I think I could have done more, I could have earned more, I could have secured people's futures. But mentally, I just I couldn't do it. I would have I would have been in a bad place if not dead now. So you know, when you weigh it up, it's like it's not really a question. I think it's interesting what you said before about you ambitions were to play for your country and play in the Premier League because Tyson Fury said the same didn't he about mm. he just always wanted to beat Klitschko and when he did it he just yeah. self-destructed what to do yeah. oh, yeah. and it's almost it's a similar type of path for you isn't it like you just yeah. football was irrelevant to you at yeah, this point, this, after this once I'd done that I felt like the fire had gone out of me mm. I wish I'd have, I'd have put I want 50 caps or I, I want to earn X amount of money before I take my foot off the gas and I don't, I don't what I wanted to do at 21 and like the rest was story. I love telling stories like going into the dressing rooms and you get the odd older pro who starts living their fucking their life through you like I'll oh, go out tonight and do this and you know you, you latch on to bad people and yeah like I'm not blaming anybody else I didn't do nobody put a gun to me head and asked me to do these things everything I did was self-inflicted and you know I paid the price for it in the end but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say proud of it but 
definitely not ashamed of it either. It's just great the way that you've you've, you've come through that other side, mate. Yeah, mm. well, it could have been better because I uh, I was planning to come back and play football. I had uh, I had back surgery in two thousand and nineteen in uh, in December. And it was, it was a herniated disc, but as he fixed the herniated disc, he said to me, oh, the disc on top of that disc is fucked as well. But I've no symptoms, so he said, I could go at any minute, or you could be all right for, for the rest of your career. So I'd done a bit of training in Sligo last year, and they wanted me to move there for three or four days a week. And it's just like I have a young family, and I'm happy and to go and stay in a hotel in Sligo three or four days out of the week. It's just too much temptation. And like I said, I don't know social media, no phone. I think mentally it's just the best thing for me. Yeah, well, I'm very pleased to see you doing so well, mate. Same. Yeah, cheers. Yes, you are a fucking you, good man. lad. Just an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people have said, you're a nice fella, just a fucking idiot. <laughs> but I'm a harmless fucking idiot. I've never hurt anybody intentionally. Nah. But, you know, yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? He was wearing any angels either. But oh, just because no. he was on, he was on that fucking so side of the week. What? We're wrapping up the alarm. I was just going to ask you: Is there a story about when you met Damien Duff for the first time? Because was he your hero? Yeah, well, going to Blackburn, Duffer was one of the reasons I went to Blackburn. Being a left winger, Duffer was a left winger, so I tried to have me uh, model me game on him. But I got to the got to the hotel to play against Argentina, and. Like all the, all the rooms are unlocked on the on the corridor, so somebody said, "Oh, Keith, you're in room fucking ten down there." So I stroll down, walk in, sit on the bed, put me bag down, and I look. I see there's a pair of boots with DD on them. So I'm thinking, who the fuck? Like I'm usually in a room by myself. Well, all of a sudden, fucking Duffer comes out of the shower, bleeding, drying his hair, like nothing on him. He's like that. He looks up. And, it's the first time I met me fucking hero, like cock level with him. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> see so just shake his head. He went, You all right, mate? I said, All right, Duffer, how are you? He went, You're in the other room, pal. Just, just walked out. Oh, you're about checking it. <laughs> I, that. I didn't like him that much. <laughs> Jesus. Can we tell the one about when you, all your belongings were at the training ground? Yeah, fucking hell. That was crazy. I can't remember what he did to provoke her. That's the thing. There's obviously a story that provoked her, but yeah, I. I I came into training one day and I remember just the little cleaner, Boris running around, like throwing things into a bag, running around all the pitch. Like, Keith, Keith, do I have your clothes? I'm like, my fucking clothes? <laughs> yeah, some some woman I'd, I'd annoyed had <laughs> gone and fucked all my clothes all over the training ground. <laughs> I just remember this car pulling it, screeching in, door open, then up at back door and just fucking bin bags just coming out of the car, clothes, clothes and everything. We're like, what the fuck's he done now? <laughs> what has he been up to now? We didn't we, we even have to ask who's, who it was. Who's yeah. closer? No, we're not. We didn't have to look for a label yeah. in colour. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, see, that, I can't remember the story. I've obviously done something, but there's that many fucking times I've done something. Yeah, I remember coming in and being really embarrassed about it all. <laughs> but I let Boris keep them and said, oh, you just fucking keep them. Because I <laughs> They'll stink of prawns anyway, so you were fucking happy. <laughs> you were going out him that night, yeah. Boris came out in your shirt. <laughs> Looking a million dollars, he was. Stunk of prawns, though. Oh, brilliant, man. Nice yeah, one, top man, yeah. mate. Top Thanks man. for coming on. I really on. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem, lads. Enjoyed it.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.